What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles welcoming you to another installment of Lyles Movie Files. Joining me, as always, is the one and only little brother Jace. How you doing, bro, Shot? Doing well. How are you, brother? I cannot, will not stop or complain. So, there's something that I feel like you and I will not complain about one iota. So it took me longer. There were some issues with my screener copy. So I had to wait until Friday to actually watch it. And then, of course, I didn't. So I watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers the other day. And it's May. But I'm telling you, it's going to take a lot of films, a lot of work to knock this out of my top five, let alone my top ten. So much fun. I mean, I was like, I hope it's good. But it was so good, so funny, and I didn't even think I was expecting Chippendale to be that good. That's my quick thoughts. What was yours? Because I told you to watch it. Yeah. The funny thing is, like, when your first, like, one of the first jokes they make in the movie is, like, when you think of Chippendale, what do you think? And it's, like, they let you know instantly, like, all right. Adults are gonna enjoy this movie too. It's very easy to like, hey, if your kids wanna watch this 7,000 times, you're gonna laugh, so don't worry about it. You're, you're gonna get a whole lot more jokes than they will. It's gonna be like really fun. And I almost feel like it, you'd have to watch it 7,000 times just so you could catch all of the 1 million references and Easter eggs and cameos and all that stuff in it. Oh yeah, it's like, you're, you're gonna be like, like, like I, mean, I, th- I think the one of the standouts to me was Ugly Sonic, when oh they're just looking at his gosh. teeth like, 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 he was actually he was like so like today was like yes this is what I need today like something that straight up makes me laugh and I was so I was so for it it was like perfect guy Ugly was like, Sonic this was is what I needed hilarious. And it just kept going, <laughs> zooming in on the teeth. It's like, oh man! <laughs> it was like if it, it was almost like you're in the joke, and everybody's like, yeah, like yeah, I remember that, like the bad animation, like oh, this is where the bad anime went. Oh yeah, where it's like they're not looking at anything, scaring the hell out of everybody. Like, hey, how you doing? I'm looking right at you. No, you're not. <laughs> but I don't want to get into too so many funny. cameo spoilers. But the fact that they were just like, here's some whack cam, here's some whack characters, and they threw in Tiger from that awful Avengers show. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, y'all went so deep and throwing in Tiger from that trash Avengers show. That was a show where I was so hard up for Avengers action. I was like, all right, let's watch. And I was like, this show is too terrible to watch. I won't do it any longer. <laughs> yeah, it it did it like. That it was very, I mean, like for like an eighties. I mean, like a revival show. That was, I mean, like a nineties show. That was really fun. Like time, like kind of. Hey, we're we're trying to come back and doing all the tropes of that of like the comeback was. I thought it was really fun. Because I was, I was, it was like, am I gonna be mad if they don't have Shippendale's regular voice? Because I always get mad at that. Like even hearing like Kermit the Frog, I'm like, that's not John Jim Henson, huh? And they did it very well to like, we're not going to use the same voices, but we're going to have a reason for it. 
And it was like, okay, cool. That was that, I like that. And I also like that they created roles or found a place for all of the voice, the original voice actors. I thought that was really cool where it was, okay, you're not going to be the starring characters, but you're going to be in this and we're going to have roles for you in this movie. So I really like that. But I felt Way like... moving forward. Yeah. I felt that it was so cool how they took the Who Frame Roger Rabbit humans mixed with animation and then 3D thrown in there too and did it with the mystery in a way that we haven't seen. Like we've seen other cartoons where it's like, hey, here's a bunch of characters. But I felt this one really captured that whole Roger Rabbit thing of let's put on these random pairings of cartoon characters from universes you didn't think were going to show up together and have them play off and interact with each other. Loved all of it because it was like, oh, look, there's Oza. There's Oza. Oh, oh, oh. And then that part at the convention when they, when all we see is the boots and I'm like, oh, I know who that is. That's going to be so cool. And they actually showed them. I was like, yes. And they actually had the voice actor do the characters. That was cool too. It was just like, man. I think that, that I think of like anybody in like their, um, definitely if you're a parent in your 40s, you're going to enjoy the hell out of this movie. I think that just is like, you watch some of these comic books, you watch some of these cartoons, and it's like as much as you might admit it, not admit it, but it's like you watched it because it was on at three o'clock um, when you got home from high school, and it was like, yeah, it's like got some. I'm, I'm not going to, I mean, there's like a thousand spoilers in there, and I think it's enjoyable to hear them. When you see him, like, oh, okay. oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it was so funny. Just the way they worked these characters in and how they did, like, a story. They kind of made it like, all right, well, here's Chip and Dale in real life. And how they actually become the Rescue Rangers. And then just how they did the whole best friends where money and fame gets in the way. And then they gradually, slowly come back to each other. And had that buddy comedy feel it was just like everything, like every direction they took this film was better than I thought they would have been able to. And it was just like, man, it was like a good Rescue Rangers movie. It was a good buddy comedy movie. And it was a good spoofing tropes of these reunion reboot movies and films. But I felt the strongest thing they did was not do it in a mean-spirited way like hi you dummies look at you for liking this thing that everybody liked back in the 90s you're such dumb idiots or ha they didn't do that they were just like hey remember this this was kind of wild that we that this was a thing that we all liked like they were in on the joke and not you know not poking the finger like you guys were so stupid back in that day oh i love that because when they started poking fun at all these different characters and their flaws and strengths, it felt like, oh, great, you're getting a turn now. But it's not just going to be you. This thing's going to get a turn. We're going to make fun of ourselves, too. We we're going to make fun of our parent studio. It's like everything was on the table to make be made fun of. And I think because of that, it was so much fun where nobody took anything too seriously. And it was just, we're just going to make you laugh, entertain you for a little bit. Yeah. I think the, the, you hit a key point. It's like, it didn't feel like it was mean spirited. So it's like another thing I said, like 
you're gonna want if you're a parent you're probably gonna watch it seven thousand times but it's also it's like hey you can actually hey teach your kids something about it like see hey this is what you shouldn't do like and you know you can have second chances i mean you can fi find some message in there you can laugh at it and you don't have to worry about your kids emulating stuff negatively because it's like every it's like it's in good spirits and that's some like was i mean that's what also made it, it was like yeah this is really fun i really did enjoy that and you text me at this point but the rap oh my gosh there were so many times you know because i'm watching home where i just had to pause it so i could laugh because it's like oh man you guys are hitting all of the marks of this genre and like of this different cliche this trope but the rap was brilliant it was like oh my gosh this is so great that was perfect to make fun of because it's like oh my gosh really everyone does the rap okay i'm i'm not doing a rap yeah <laughs> so, so funny yeah i mean i i just you know, there's just movies where you watch them and it's like, you say you love every minute of it, but I really felt that this was the case with this one. I just could not get enough of it. And I just felt like, man, I know you had one movie, but eh, maybe you don't need a series, but can we, can we get a sequel news anytime soon? Because I'd, I'd be down for it. I mean, not, not, I mean, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but it, it really was like kind of good, like, Y'all, we can keep this going. I don't know how expensive it was. It's like you said, they did blend the Roger Rabbit kind of all the kinds of animation styles into one movie. I don't know how expensive that could have been. But if you guys would like to continue it, I'm definitely down to watch a sequel on that one. And I love just like the basic setup where Chip, after the failure, the, the cancellation of Rescue Rangers, he's now working and selling insurance and Dale is doing the failed star life. <laughs> he had a spinoff. Oh man, the whole thing with his show not working, double O Dale. And then he's just a regular on the convention circuit and things are so bad for him. They, he's trying to put a positive spin on it. He's got like his photos, but it's got Chip and blanked out and it's just Dale to the far right. <laughs> It's just, it's like, man, you guys, they, they were on top of it with everything. And just the characters they put in there, I felt like they were really smart cameos where it wasn't just like, hi, let's see how many characters we can throw in. There were cases with like, I don't even know who that character is, but I feel like I know somebody. I almost wish they would do a director's commentary where they're just like, yeah, we got so-and-so from this thing and this. Oh, look, there's that character from this property. Because I felt like it stretched across generations where... There were a lot of characters that you and I know, and then there are some characters that are two or three generations of cartoons from what we just don't even watch. But I think that's the kind of fun part of it is you're gonna have, it's like, I mean, again, I know I'm harping back to parents, but it's like, you're gonna have younger, older parents kind of, oh, I, yo, they brought them up. And you're like, who's that? Oh, you know, so-and-so from that. It's like, oh, okay, I, I was wondering. I thought I knew, figured out with somebody but you're like, especially during the convention circuit, I mean, you're, that's just like thousand laughs at once. It's like, all right, who's that? Oh my gosh, y'all found this person. It's like, 
but oh, it's like the. I mean, I, I mean, there, there's like one like the. I can't. I mean, there's some I'm trying not to spoil, but it's like some of them like their cameos. It's just like. <laughs> It's just like I'm, I'm the guy when I'm, I'm after number two on the cameo circuit. And it was just like, you know, I was I was big in the movie. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was really funny. And like just the whole premise had that Roger Rabbit whodunit thing where it affects the tunes. Only in this case, it's the animated characters with the whole sweet Pete bootlegging like that whole plot where Monterey Jack is is in too deep with sweet pete and they're making swede films and i mean just the subtle slight changes to these movies it was really clever and the box i just way too many times where i was like i've got to pause so i can get two whole minutes of laughter out here and i love the fact that both chip and dale look different because dale had his modern cgi makeover like that was just like so that, was, that joke was hilarious to me. It's like, I, you know what? I had the CGI search. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> like that was just funny. <laughs> it's like because it was like again poking fun of everything. And it's like, yeah, you know, I got, I got, got to modernize. Got to keep, you know, got to keep it fresh. You know, I, I can get some work. I, I got to, I got a pilot over here. It was like, yeah. and, just, was, just, and it's especially like I, I, I know when you mentioned like the sweet thing. I'm thinking Lonnie would like he would die laughing at that just for that part, like the absolutely, movie, like the bootleg. Yeah, <laughs> that that thing was so funny. I was like, man, this this movie really has everything that I want in a movie, and I almost feel like maybe they didn't need to put this on Disney Plus. But this is a super bonus if you're subscribing to Disney Plus. That this is a yeah, this is worth my price of paying for a half the year because this movie's so good and you just imagine the cost where if you're not like us and you have two three kids a spouse and you're going to the movie trying to pay for that this was like a, hey this is just for being an awesome subscriber to disney plus and oh yeah come friday we got obi-wan kenobi yeah this this is that was definitely bonus because i mean i think if you were talking like hey you don't want to like memorial day weekend uh, or if it, it was no, as you said it, it you we could watch it last week. It was just like Memorial the weekend before Memorial Day weekends. This would have been the family movie that cleans up, I think. Oh, this like, th- it would, yeah. And like, I think like yeah, leave Top Gun and do what it wants to do, or you know, eighties fans of Top Gun. But this would have been the number two. This would have been the number one family movie in the box office, easy. Yeah, with with that subtle asterisk of, but we got destroyed by a Top Gun Maverick. But I I don't know. I feel like, man, this is one where maybe they made a misstep and didn't put it in theaters because it was really good. And I feel like the word of mouth would have made for a great second weekend. Maybe they were just like, let's not have this compete with Doctor Strange, where we can still get that third weekend gross of Doctor Strange being atop the box office because we know when Maverick comes out, that's it. But yeah, I, I was, I'm really surprised they decided to just put it out for Disney Plus. I appreciate it, but wow, I'm kind of like, woo. And, and also, not even putting it into the, what was that? What's the, the premium uh, package setup? Premium. I really would have thought they would have, because I know when you mentioned, that, I was just like, oh, I thought this was the y'all were re-releasing the TV show, but which you can also watch. 
I mean, it's, I was like, wait, what do you mean there's only one season? I'm like, oh, that one season has 65 episodes. That makes more sense. It's like, it's so weird because for us, we got conditioned to what, that a season now is 20 episodes. Back then, it was like, here's 82 episodes of our first season. Oh, okay. Cool, let's get a roll. So... I thought this was on like five years. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah, exactly. It may have been. They they ran, their seasons were so long. It was just, hey, we'll put out three or four episodes, replay them like three weeks or go back to the other ones. And you won't care because they are funny enough. You'll laugh at them and and be good. Yeah. So definitely Chippendale Rescue Rangers. High, highest recommendation for me. Really fun. Really good. And like I said, I'm probably going to watch it again soon because it was so good. And I don't typically tend to watch a current year movie over, but this one I am for sure, just so I can catch all the references. You know what I'm talking about. The the movie reference in that one when I did the finger. Uh, that was, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so much. Yeah, but that movie's great. Check it out. No, I'm sorry. I'm just like, we're just like, no, that's not gonna be. Oh, that that might actually be good. Right. Just like you see him watching the movies, just like I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with you guys. Keep it going. So, yes, exactly. make sure to watch. I'm, it. I'm done with because I need to pause and laugh for a bit. Yeah, gotta get that out the way. All right, so the movie we talked about that is coming up this weekend is Top Gun Maverick, and I feel like I've talked to you about. It. I've posted my review on LylesMovieFiles.com. And I gotta say, one of my regular readers is like, "Man, you you have had an awesome couple weeks because your three favorite movies have of twenty twenty two have all come out in the span of a few weeks." And it's absolutely true. Because Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, really good. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, really good. And Top Gun Maverick, great movie. So I was definitely not one of the people looking forward to Top Gun having a sequel. When they announced it, I was like, who cares? This movie is a product stuck in the amber. It is an 80s movie through and through. There's no way they can make this movie relevant, let alone be entertaining for audiences in 2022. But all contra, it was so good. And... I think what it is that Tom Cruise has so much credibility and so much cachet of being this action movie hero that is like, yep, I'm down for it. And this one isn't even requiring him to go for a long run. He's just in a in a fighter jet doing his thing. It's like, yep, I believe it. And I think what's interesting about him and outside of like The Last Samurai, the dude and, and that John Woo long hair from Mission Impossible 2. And even change his look up from, from franchise to franchise. It's cropped hair and you just go with it. I mean, his look from Oblivion to Mission Impossible, Ghost Nation, same deal. He looks the same as Maverick just wearing a fighter bomber jacket. But it doesn't matter because Tom Cruise is able to play these characters as different people and all these characters just work so in top gun maverick maverick is back he is still not following the rules so he's never really advanced up the ranks and he's called to train a group of hotshot fighter pilots 
to take on this really suicide mission. And it's up to him to help these hotshots become, you know, to take over and do what they need to do to survive this mission. And he has his doubts, especially when one of the pilots is the son of his best friend, Goose. So, I mean, I, like I said, I was totally not expecting to like it, let alone love this movie. But every step of the way, it was just, yeah, this is good. This was the right choice. I always feel like when you watch a movie or a TV show, the writers come to that fork in the road where a lot of times they go, let's go the bad direction. It's like, hmm, I think I would have gone left here, guys. But with, with Top Gun Maverick, every decision was the right choice. And it just worked, whether they were going for comedy, whether they were going for a little romance. There's no Kelly McGinnis. And even Kelly McGinnis was like, listen, I'm fat, I'm old. They're not going to put me in this movie. And they didn't call her. They have Jennifer Connelly. And Jennifer Connelly is an anomaly for a Tom Cruise love interest. Because she's only eight years younger than him. And I don't know why that has, because yeah, I'll mention this later, but I thought it was really cool because it's like, yeah, she looks like someone that he should be dating and okay. doesn't look like his kids. Just caveat, that is not something derogatory that Jeff said. That is actually something the, uh, Kelly McGinnis actually said in an article. Which is oh, like, she 100% said it. Not, yeah. yeah, it's not like that's not a <laughs> I, I wasn't putting it out there because I, I don't bash people like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah she nah. said that. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was cool because Jennifer Connelly can act and she plays off Tom Cruise better than, gosh, any love interest that he's had probably in about 15, 20 years. I just bought it as opposed to the, eh, okay, you're supposed to be with Tom Cruise in this movie, so we'll play along with this relationship. I bought into this one big time. It was Daniel Craig in, uh, what was that? Do, uh, must Die. Daniel Craig Must James Die? Bond one. No Time to Die. That movie's terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where he's romancing his babysitter or his no daughter's college die, yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, it's very rare when you see it the other way around where it's an older woman and a younger guy, but I'll just keep my soapbox planted firmly here on that. But Maverick was so good. I, I'm floored at how good it was. And if you absolutely are able to, you must see this movie in full IMAX glory because you need the screen taking up your entire perspective. You don't want to see the curtains and the people walking down the aisles. You just want to be enveloped by the screen and feel the roar of the jets, the whole deal, because they actually shot scenes where the cast were in jets. They had cameras in the cockpit to show them in the air as they're going through this. Tom Cruise is saying in videos, making the promotional rounds, it wasn't going to look authentic unless we had the actual actors in the cockpit, which of course means Tom Cruise is crazy crazy dedicated to making the best movie possible i'm like this cast is like uh okay tom cruise but man the the shots were so good the whole reaction that he wanted to get i feel like they could have cgi'd it but they didn't and it felt so much better and the action 
I mean, we don't see a lot of movies with fighter jet action nowadays. I mean, now it's like fighter jet to turn into robots or something. But this was so, so good. The cast was great. Boy Glenn Powell from Scream Queens is in it. Miles Teller's actually good. It's just, you know, I, yeah. And Jay Ellis is there too. He's good. And I just thought they did a really strong job with the cast. I felt like they didn't go too heavy, too hard on, hey, remember all the stuff you liked about Top Gun? We're going to bring it back in this one. There's subtle beats. I mean, like we have the score. There's a volleyball. I mean, there's a beach scene. There's Tom Cruise showing absolutely zero regard for motorcycle safety because he's riding around without a helmet. But I have to say, he makes it look so cool. It's like, you're really messing everybody up, Tom, because you make this helmetless driving look look cool. Like the way to go when you're riding your most motorcycle. And But anyway, so he's got that going. And it's just, I didn't feel it. It was too long. It was two hours and some change, but it never felt like, okay, let's, let's wrap this thing up. Just an overall really solid blockbuster movie. And I feel like we don't really get a lot of outside of comic book films where I'm like, yeah, can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. But this one, it's been like 30 years since the last Top Gun. I think it was 84 when the film the first film came out. 86. Let me verify that just to be sure here quality podcast video action here me looking up something as we're recording 86 that is a very very long time between installments that's almost bad boy esque but it worked and i feel like i don't want to wait 10 more years but they absolutely have the the runway to do another top gun sequel here thank you thank you thank you yeah but i'll be down for another top gun and as long as Tom Cruise wants to keep making these action movies, I'm on board. And since we're talking top, we're talking Tom Cruise and him being the craziest action hero, the greatest, craziest last action hero all around. Let's talk about that Mission Impossible trailer. Speaking of motorcycle safety, Tom Cruise takes a motorcycle off a cliff. And I have absolutely no reason to believe that wasn't Tom Cruise driving a motorcycle off the cliff <laughs> like zero this guy could literally be I mean, in space in a fast and furious movie and i'd buy that I he mean, took like, the the car into space i mean but here's here's the funny thing like the last mission impossible was delayed because he did a stunt that you're like what the heck who who is the insurance adjuster on tom cruise's movies because i wouldn't touch those things i'm like nope that dude is literally gonna do this. He's gonna do what? <laughs> nope, not touching this. Yeah, but but we're gonna get paid. I don't care because this dude could actually have something happen to him, and has had like like this is why we have mustache Superman. It's like we can't get around this. <laughs> it's like this happens because Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. I mean, he's very. It's, it's like he's one of the one of the few people. If he says he's making an action movie. If I had an option to invest in it early, I would. It's just like he doesn't make movies. Tom Cruise makes blockbuster movies, and it's like when like they were making a whole. Tom Cruise didn't want this movie to be released in in home home viewing. I'm like, I don't. This he's right. His movies are. I will make my money. 
I'm not going to make 25% when I know you can delay five years. If I'm still on this earth, it is bankable. I will market the hell out of this thing. I mean, he's like, even Javon's like, hey, man, I met Tom Cruise. He's a nice guy. He's like, he couldn't even act like he hate this guy. He's like, awesome. He's like, I mean, you know, he's like, it's one of those, I would bank on this guy. He's like, so if you want to make the next Mission Impossible a part two-parter, okay, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, and and, uh, and about about uh, Top Gun Maverick, it is, you know, I've been a huge proponent of being able to watch movies at, at home, but... It was totally worth the drive. Totally worth seeing in IMAX. The whole shebang because it's right. You can't watch this movie. And you can't watch this movie and see everything else around you. Even if you were in darkened room. I think even with an 85 inch TV on your wall. You wouldn't get the same effect as going to the theater. Being in that whole environment. And I don't really say that about a lot of movies now. Because like, eh. You can have a really good TV at home. Not have to deal with the crap that comes with well, going I mean, to like, the movies. Even if you get, unless you, it almost sounds like unless you have like a like real home theater set up, and like, just think about like, I, I know like when home uh, theater systems used to come out, they were actually I think they were actually much better because you would actually have the base in the background and you could actually like a fighter jets like they're coming whooshing yeah. and you actually feel it. Most people don't have setups like that now. So it's like if something like that, a really cool action scene like that, I would, I think that's a, you know, hey, you really want to see this in theaters, and go, and you pay your extra money, and it's gonna be worth it. Absolutely. So, the Mission Impossible trailer is nuts. Speaking of the crazy age difference, Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt and Rebecca Ferguson look like the dumbest couple. Because she really looks like his student, like, uh, what's old girl? Felicity. Is that her name? You're talking about, uh, Carrie Washington? Mm, no. Not Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Yeah. And I was like, eh, you're a little bit too young for him. And every time I see the two of them together, I'm like, stop, don't, don't be all up on your dad like that or your uncle. Come on. What are you doing here? But Haley Atwell's in it. That's great to see. Vanessa Kirby is back. So that's nice. I like the fact that they're bringing characters from earlier installments back into the mix. It'd be kind of fun to see Paula Patton show up again. Because she was, I feel like, is one and done. We could see Jeremy Renner back. That'd be nice to see some older characters outside of Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg and Ferguson. I really liked how the first four films kept rotating the cast in outside of Ving Rhames. And my favorite, of course, is part three because I really like that cast playing off uh, Ethan. But yeah, I'd like to see some variety. And they've kind of settled into a this is the Mission Impossible team now. Haley Atwell showing up is encouraging. Hopefully they have some more members of the team this time. Was was part three the one with uh, Maggie Q? Yes. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Um, I, if, 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 I guess kind of like the Mission Impossible team almost not being sanctioned half the time kind of makes it so they can have these smaller teams but it would be kind of like fun to like because that team where it was like yeah Carrie Russell like it looking like she was getting to be like the next Maverick I mean not Maverick but the next Ethan like how they were doing that one and like I'm, I'm like I think the only one I actually kind of don't like was probably Ghost Protocol. I think that was the one, but yeah, 
Like, that was the one where I was kind of like, eh, I think they're starting to get a little long in the teeth. But this, if they're actually improving on that, I'm, I'm it's like, and pump, pump, keep pumping them out. I'll, I'll watch them. It's weird because I feel like that is one of the few franchises you could binge and feel like you're getting a different movie experience despite the same cast really being through most of them where, you know, like you watch a Star Wars movie and you know exactly what you're going to get in the Star Wars movie with the Marvel Cinematic Universe film. You kind of get the, the, the deal. It's going to be some good action, comedy to offset that drama, some serious drama, great character work. But these, they have like this whole different tone. You know, Ethan's going to do something crazy. But whoever he's fighting, it could be a totally different experience. I think my favorite was this last one with Henry Cavill doing a machine gun punch. It was great. I'm like, I'm like Mission Impossible, unlike a lot of franchises, a lot of action franchises, you're actually going to have... You're, it's almost hitting up there with James Bond. You're gonna have like your favorite bad guy, like, and you're and you're gonna be able to really debate like why this bad guy was so much better than the other bad guys. Like, like you are you gonna? Um, well, I mean, who? I mean, you're gonna go. Who is the second best bad guy after Philip Seymour Hoffman's? Yeah. E- Ethan, I'm gonna kill her, and I'm gonna make you watch. <laughs> No, no. It's great. That dude was cold. I mean, it's like I mean that, and the way that Mission Impossible Three starts off, that you really were like, oh shoot, like right. we are in for a bang, and that's and that movie doesn't let up off off that gas, and that's what really makes that one good. Like, and I and I would say I like Mission Impossible Two, but Three was so much better, and it was like ah, uh, it's like I love the John Woo style, but just having uh, JJ Abrams I mean, at like, his you, best. You got, Yes, I mean you. You had evil Mission Impossible versus Ethan, which was very cool. And then you go from actual bad guy, who's just I'm just I'm I'm menacing ad guy, and I don't like him. I'm just I'm I'm trying to win. And yeah. it's like even like so. What was the rabbit foot? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, then you matter. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> I wanted to ask, but okay. But I feel like doing like a binge over a couple weekends. Of Mission Impossible films would be really fun. The only thing is, this new movie, Dead Reckoning, doesn't come out till next year. So we got to preview a teaser trailer for a film we already know is not coming out till next year. And it's not even the Super Bowl where we're getting a teaser for a movie that's going to be months and months away. But it's Tom Cruise, it's Mission Impossible, so all about it. Yeah. Now, speaking of other films that I'm all about, I already mentioned MCU. And sign me up whenever new was coming. So we got the full trailer of Thor Love and Thunder. So we got to see Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. Got to see Russell Crowe as Zeus. And more of Natalie Portman as the mighty Thor. What do you think of this trailer? Uh, it was funny. I was watching the playoffs and literally I'm like, oh, no, that's the Thor trailer. I had to pause it. Like, wait, I want to watch this. <laughs> like, I want to get actually in front of the TV. This ain't like, oh, that's a TV. I'll catch that. But I, I like seeing like you know Christian Bale was like nice and menacing, um, like I like Russell Crowley like his Zeus was funny, but it's like again it's like the newer Thors have done a great job of blending humor into it, but still treating Thor like he's not a joke. I and it's like 
Natalie Portman it's like again oh okay Natalie Portman doesn't look like she's gonna have some chump role which I appreciated uh, same with Tessa Thompson I'm like alright everybody looks like again this is why you have competent directors you go to the next one and they aren't gonna screw it up a la what was it uh, Last Jedi like oh this is what we do we're gonna go we're gonna go and treat everything exactly how you you want it and this is gonna work out really good speaking so, of that I'm, I saw a tweet the other day where it was name a film you wish had a sequel and somebody responded The Last Jedi <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah I, 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 could, I could see why you'd want a sequel to that because <laughs> what came after made no sense but yeah, go ahead back to Thor. Yeah, but I, I think Thor it's like it's it's weird because it's now feeling like we are now out of pandemic world. I know that's not really the case, but we do feel like it's now all right, you're gonna want to go back to the movies once a month. You're gonna see something you like. I mean, like how you've seen in a span of three weeks, you've seen three really good movies, and now next and it's like for the rest of us, we're gonna see uh, Top Gun, and then in July, June or July, we're gonna see Thor. And there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna want to see Thor. And it's like we're like, okay, we're back. We're almost back to that once a month cycle that we really we really miss. So that's a good thing. So I really love all the colors, how they pop in this. I know one of your big complaints of Thor: The Dark World is so dreary and bleak. And these films are totally the opposite. It's like, how much color can we put in your eyes? Like Boz Lorman was directing Thor. And so in your face. Hey, if he's a real, I think I love that one. Actually. <laughs> so much <Literally>. color. <laughs> and it looks like Thor's outfit is kind of similar to the one that Walt Simonson drew him in with the armor. And this is when his body was so broken up, he had to wear a suit of armor, basically, to keep everything from hurting all the time. And lots of color in that. And they've even given him a helmet with wings. And even the helmet is like that um, Simonson design for Thor. And the only thing, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, hey, let's make this character that we have and turn him into and make that character a woman, too. I don't know if I really care about Thor or Janus Thor because Thor already has his hammer. He's doing his thing. And I guess it'd be curious and interesting to see how they play up that relationship with the two of them. If it's going to be kind of a, hey, you're bothering me. Get away, you crazy ex-boyfriend. Or if it's going to be a, okay, yeah, you can you can rock the old hammer that I used to have. We'll see what happens. Although I'm kind of curious what happened to Majolner from Endgame to gets a Jane. But anyway. Well, remember, it, it's back in, like, it was back to Thor. I mean, uh, Cap took it back to where it was, you know, 2014. That's right. You're right. I'm sorry. Well, I did forget. Yeah, it looks yeah. like she has the shattered one that Hela destroyed. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually intrigued to see how they're going to, like, because it sounds like Jane blipped out. So, what I mean that's that's gonna be a storyline or how she becomes Thor. Ah. After that. So I'm I'm just like, okay, y'all got some story you're gonna have some layers on all how all this comes together. And then you're still gonna have God Butcher actually being like, No, I'm like I don't like any of you guys. Like maybe he's got some beef with some blip, you know, anxiety. He's he's ready to get rid of all the gods because, you know, they you know, 
they all came once they came back they t- you know took over his home you know he was living in a castle it'll be real I, interesting I mean, with I, that because you mm-hmm. notice how the black and white for that scene where he's confronting Jane and Thor that was a really nice visual clash from what we've come to expect from Taika in his Thor films which is just exploding with color shifting to black and white it's like oh okay mm-hmm. you really got my attention now just even, even like that scene. I mean, that's done in trails. Like, oh, is that we we're going to a whole whole new world, quote unquote. You know, cueing the song, copyright, you know, infringement alone. But I think it's it's just like it seems like once again Thor shows it's like I think is um I just I just watch Endgame. It's like you're gonna see once again that the world of Marvel Universe is giant and they're not stuck playing on one playing field and I think that's why these I think that's why that's why these Thor films have really been like so well received I can't say my, they're my friend but they've been well received like because they're they're fun because you're, you're expanding the universe I think Thor has been the one franchise that's evolved um, I mean of the three because that's really the only ones that have had sequels but the Cap films I thought were always consistently great and the Iron Man films dipped in quality with each installment. But I thought Thor was here, kind of went here, and then it was a So hopefully Ragnarok continues that trend of continue Ragnarok. Love and Thunder continues that trend of going forward. And I also like and appreciate the fact that the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in there, even if it's just for a minute. So that's cool. We're going to see them hanging with Thor, Thor getting in shape. And I like the fact that they actually showed him taking the effort to work out and it's not just now back in shape so that's cool um but yeah so much and we talk about it all the time but that super value from disney plus continues because miss marvel starts next month and that should run right up until thor love and thunder so once that show wraps hey get your tail to the theater catch out the new thor movie so it's almost like they have a plan well, I mean, let me say this. I really hope that Ms. Marvel, because like, I really hope it's better than uh, Moon Knight. Let's just let's just call it spade. I didn't when it, when it came when all six episodes of Moon Knight were done. I'm like, yeah, this wasn't my favorite. Like, just I it's like I hope they don't shortchange Ms. Marvel. Like, give me a whole. I don't know anything about this character. Make her somebody I should care about, and make her somebody when she's in the new Cap uh, Ms. Uh, Captain Marvel movie. I care, I care about her. Like that's I just in make it a good springboard into the next Marvel movie. Like because it is a, it's one of the weird things they've done about these Marvels movies and TV shows. Lately, it's because the TV shows have come after the movies, but now I want them to kind of get back to almost where Agents of Shield was very much after it was after um, Avengers but then we made it every time like next season one was a great springboard to the next Marvel movie like hey you're gonna care about uh, like I mean you're, you care about Winter Soldier but now you care about the rest of these episodes because they're all direct tie in to Winter Soldier I hope they can kind of, I mean I know it's, it's gonna be and they can't do it with uh, Miss Marvel but I hope they going forward they can kind of use them more as a springboard to the next Marvel movie I think they did that um with WandaVision 
Like they were setting up that entire season for <laughs> Doctor Strange. So people who, for whatever reason, skip WandaVision were like, "What? This is coming out of left fielding?" Eh, not at all. This was yeah. carefully laid out over six episodes. And it's, I think, another thing. It's like I, I read somebody was like, "Wait, how did Wanda get so powerful?" I'm like, "You obviously didn't watch Agents of Shield, because if you watched Agents of Shield, you'd have saw what that Darkhold does." And then when you, as soon as you saw the Darkhold in WandaVision, you knew, wait a minute, she's not even being Wanda. She's astral projecting the whole book. So it's like, oh, this is actually uh, like Madam Hydra level scary that Scarlet Witch has this book. And it very much played up like that in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Because it was like, oh, this is what would happen if you gave someone who has amplified her power in WandaVision that book she would be able to do all of that crazy stuff yeah well, I always thought that she had that power but she wasn't really tapping into it until Thanos killed Vision and she came back and was like oh it's on right now like that anger that she had in fighting Thanos unlocked the mental block to fully tap into her powers and then after she got her payback and revenge and Thanos was dead she just had to sit in her grief, which created the results of WandaVision and led to that. I know eventually we're going to see some follow-up to the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Loki is done so much because that created the multiverse that we saw in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Everything with What If. And we're still going to see all of those repercussions play out in other ones. And so I think they are doing what you said, where they're connecting the movies and tvs i don't think that we're going to see a tie-in to love and thunder but i wouldn't be shocked if we don't see captain marvel and monica rambeau show up at the end of marvels however they figure out a way to connect those three characters but it's marvel so it's very likely they'll make it work all right speaking of things that don't work it's that magical time of the week dear brother who is your nominee for Dummy of the Week? Okay. Um, us in the U.S. have had kind of, you know, a, a whole lot of shock and, you know, tragedy happen. But most people are smart not to kind of, you know, try and put the center attention back on them. My Dummy of the Week didn't get that memo. Uh, my Dummy of the Week is Ms. Jada Pinkett Smith, who as... Everybody's kind of trying to you're trying to be off your Facebook wall and not trying to be on the news because you don't want to see anything more. Uh, she decides to really for less. What is this? Make sure I get this thing right. Red table talk. Nice. So she can define why, you know, Will Smith was such a good hero because, you know, she's lived such a tragic life. And I'm rolling my eyes because it's like, yeah, your tragic life is over. You know, your tragic life's been over about 30 years ago now. Get on and move on. Um, and it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to release it. Today is going to be my day to release this. I, 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 did, I did not read the room, but I don't care. So look at me. And for that, look at me again. Once again, it's like no one telling you. Either you not telling anybody or you not reading her. You are my dummy of the week, Miss Miss. All right. My dummy of the week is everyone who got offended by Ricky Gervais and his latest Netflix comedy special 
Netflix has made it very clear we don't care about anything except for our subscriber numbers. And if you guys are upset about Dave Chappelle, Ricky Gervais, who cares? We're all about people coming in and rolling in to keep our subscriptions going. But I feel like, why are you upset about Ricky Gervais saying something now? He's been saying cruddy stuff for a long time. It's not like this is something brand new that, I mean, he talks terrible about everybody. I don't know why this is the, the new reason to be outraged and act shocked that he said something controversial. He does it all the time. And he is a fire starter hoping to get people talking. And that's what he does. And, you know, people getting all upset and being outraged is just kind of feeding in. So then people want to watch the special to hear what he said. And it's kind of like you're feeding the troll. You're giving more attention to somebody that you probably don't need to put a spotlight on. I, I think kind of in our, as much as I hate to use it's like in the cancel culture, the fact that they like folks have not been able to cancel the dude almost annoys them more. It's like, he's, I'm, I don't want to say a throwback comic, but it's like, he's like, Hey, I'm offending everybody. You know, pick pick your poison. I've I've gone at everybody. Like I said, he's gone at everybody. It's like if you're going to be offended, do like the smart thing. Don't don't like I said. Don't feed him. Don't feed the fire. Just pass on. Like yeah. Oh, he said that. I'm going to take my dollars somewhere else, or I'm going to move it. Because Netflix is not canceling his special. It's like they're not canceling him. They're not canceling Dave Chappelle. They put money into him, and their no, their subscriber numbers aren't dropping because people don't want to watch these shows. It's because Netflix doesn't have new content. Exactly. And this is kind So, that's not going to happen. Although I will say, uh, I haven't finished yet, but this season of The Circle has been quite entertaining. So, yeah. Well, we're going to be back next week and we are going to talk about the show I am so excited to finally start watching. One day... Or Friday. That's right, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm all about seeing Obi-Wan. Friday kicks off two episodes. So if I don't get a screener copy, that means I'll be up until 5 o'clock on Thursday night watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. And being super hyped, taking a long nap, and then watching again while I'm actually cognizant and aware of what's going on. So can't wait for that. And we're definitely going to talk about that probably at length on next week's show so thank you as always little brother thank y'all out there for watching this episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed <laughs>